Hey everyone, welcome to episode 238 of 15 with Andy, Randy, and Jeff. And as a continuation on last week, my daily, next number of days until Christmas committee made sure that I am aware that there's only two days left of Christmas as of this episode reaching your earbuds. Amazon Prime is pretty much a thing of the past at this point, and those barren Christmas Eve aisles at Walgreens start coming into focus a little clearer with every passing hour. So I hope that you're not like me and you still have shopping to do. <laughs> I can't believe I just said that. I have shopping to do two days before Christmas because it's just it's been that kind of year. Welcome to 2020. All right. Before we get started this week, I wanted to go back a few weeks ago to Doug Spinella's response to our whole life takeaway and that COVID hasn't been all that bad or all of it hasn't been bad, that he had noticed some improvements in his life. And I caught up with him as he was a worship host here, I believe, last week. And I asked him to respond with his top three things that he felt made the cut. And maybe why the rest of us, if we haven't thought about it, maybe we should be looking at 2020 and during this whole COVID pandemic. You know, maybe we need a little help finding some of these things that, you know, maybe aren't so obvious to us or maybe hasn't happened to us. And maybe we can find we can resonate. We can look forward to or try to find these in our own lives to make, you know, whatever's left of the pandemic and just maybe to find a little hope and a little I don't know, a little fun, maybe a little light at the end of the tunnel as we close into Christmas. So he sent me three different voicemails with his three things. And so we're going to go ahead and we'll start with the first voicemail. And let's see, let's queue up track one. All right, Randy, here's a few things for you. When I think about how COVID has affected us, uh, even myself positively, I think one of the things is, I know we were all cooped up for a while, but one of the things that I have really embraced even more so is the simple trips to run errands. And not just the aspect of being appreciative of it, but more realizing that when I'm with my wife or my family, making the most out of those moments. And now I kind of have a saying that, I enjoy as much traveling the world with my wife as I do when I go to the store, making the most of those moments despite wherever you might be. I like that one. Find the little moments in life because it seems like those pass way, way, way too quickly. And we don't maybe we just don't give him enough credit for that. And, he, you know, I'm picturing Doug and Beth walking down the aisle at Publix, arm in arm, each with a little basket, you know, just like for their trip for the day, maybe getting some produce. I don't know. But that one made me smile. And, you know, then I, I started to think about all the little things in my week where you can find that, you know, things that maybe used to be the mundane or the monotonous that now eh, maybe there's a little extra fun or we look at them a little bit differently. I like that one. All right. Let's jump into number two. Another way that I've seen the positive impact of COVID, I think for myself, um, but also I've noticed it in the community as a whole, I find myself being a little bit more patient and tolerant to things, whether it's service-related issues or you know maybe something's not going as my way as quickly as I want it to. I find myself being more patient and realizing that uh, people in the workplace and so forth are under a lot of stress. Uh, a lot of people are um, skeleton crews of what they used to be in their jobs, so they have a lot more responsibilities, and they're trying to juggle a lot of things. So it's made me be a little bit more conscious of that, which is a good thing. <laughs> How about you guys? Have you found any more patience? 
uh, maybe in some some ways more patience and other ways less patience. I'm not sure. Yeah, <laughs> I was thinking the same thing. I'm like, you know, Doug, you're a you're a good man. If you're listening, Mr. Spinelli, you're a good good man that you have found patience because that's. I mean, I don't know what it would take for me to find you know to find real patience. I. Oof, it's, it's apparently bigger than a pandemic. Let's just go there. All right, third and final clip. I think what it's also done for me from a standpoint of spirituality is, you know, I'm, I'm always been a believer of, you know, focusing around loving your neighbor and loving God. But I think during the time, it's even impacted me even more so of what God really designed for us, you know, by being kind or taking time to help uh, being more compassionate and tolerant um, of your neighbors as well during this COVID period has actually brought quite a bit of joy, additional relationships, uh, grown deeper in some of my existing neighbor relationships. So that was something else that was good. That's a pretty good list. You're making the most of the small moments with your family and your wife. You're finding more patience and tolerance in yourself and, and even in the community. So I guess there's other people that are finding patience as well as Doug. And then, <laughs> you know, spirituality, being a more compassionate neighbor. And I think that, you know, we we probably should be all of these things a lot more than maybe we have or maybe we thought we should be. But then realizing that just being more compassionate through spirituality and that God wants us to love first and love those in our circles, our family, our neighbors, both, in, you know, he mentioned new and existing relationships and all that benefits just from the God's love through us and that he's given us. And so, Doug, thanks so much for the feedback, as always. I really appreciate it. And these are great things that we can kind of start our focus and intentionality and maybe reap some positive benefits or at least gird our loins with a little a few extra weapons as we head into the unknown of 2021. So, Doug, thanks again so much for sharing. All right. This week, uh, which, of course... It looks a little bit like last week as we're in another installment of our Expect the Unexpected series, except this time we have unexpected responsibility. And at first I wasn't sure where, like what the story was going to be within the Christmas story. It wasn't immediately obvious. And I thought (laughs) an unexpected responsibility. I'm like, man, this sounds like work. Like, are we already into the, the, I mean, I'm assuming at the beginning of the year, we must be doing a, a series on giving, right? Of course. So I'm like, oh, right. Oh, we are. Are you serious? No. It, well, it'll, it'll be um, it'll be a little different this year. Anyway, go ahead. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, that's God. I just assumed that I'm like, man, maybe we're getting to it early, but you know, we're going to hit that end of year instead of starting off the year with it. But it turns out we were talking about shepherds this week, and full transparency here, I was not at church this week, and I was in another church. This past Sabbath, and I went. We had some family that were all wanting to go to church, and um, we ended up with there was a, some Sabbath schools, and the the kiddos wanted to go to Sabbath school. We ended up someplace else, and they were talking about shepherds too. So apparently, uh, well, no, I'm sorry, they were they talked about the shepherds, but theirs was based on the Magi. So we're all in this together, and it was kind of cool to just realize. I don't, we don't often think about what our other church neighbors might be doing, but they definitely were expecting the unexpected at that church because uh, their message was unique as well as ours was. But Andy, as I was listening to the message, I found it very easy to resonate with the shepherds as you laid out their mindset prior to their visit from the heavenly hosts. Why would they expect anything but the usual, the humdrum, 
you know, you're on the bottom of the rung, unless you're at the top, the ladder, the view never changes type of mentality kind of thing. You know, we all feel that way about ourselves and our status, even if we had some success in our lives. But expecting that anything out of the norm would happen, I mean, that night or any other night for that matter. Sure. And you you start to think about it and go, yeah, man, it's amazing how they so many people missed <laughs> the, the birth of the Savior in the first advent. And you're thinking – Boy, it's probably not that much of a reach to figure out that there could be a whole bunch of people that are going to miss the second advent, right? Yeah, that doesn't seem like a big reach. <laughs> <laughs> At least, it, but but you know, in in part of it is because Christ was very clear in, in predicting that it will be an unexpected event. You know, it'll it'll just be another day. Well, that's, yeah, that's we, true. We look at all the prophecies and we think we can sort of get it all lined up and have it all figured out and. Jesus said, it's going to happen in an hour when you don't think it's going to happen. Um, that was so, kind of nice of him to give right. us the warning, though, because, I mean, they were wor- yeah. they were just working off of the prophecies and all that they had, and they missed it. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know if that's enough, though. It doesn't seem like enough. It seems like we should be on some kind of an Indiana Jones crusade and, you know, looking for clues and, you know, things that we can, when we put the, pu- the puzzle in, the light shines and... You know, it, it it puts a reflection on the wall that tells us what we're doing and when we when we should expect it. But I I don't think we're getting anything like that, are we? I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I the fact that that the, the God has already solved this problem and the the ordinary can have its place now. Uh, we don't we don't need some big deals, you know, big happening. Hmm. Uh, God's already taken care of that. And now, now he just sort of like, can you just love each other and get along and, you know, care for people and do good stuff. And, you know, and the answer to that is, well, not so well. (laughs) (laughs) That's what I thought. (laughs) That is an interesting thing to think about though, Andy, because his, his first time here, his first coming to earth had a really direct, impacting kind of purpose. I, I like the idea. Are you referring to the fact that now, now he's just coming to just take us home? Or I mean, yeah. is, is that not a big deal? Or I'm, I'm curious because it is, it is an interesting thing to think about. Yeah, Andy, well, well, is it a big the, deal the, or not? Yeah, well, it's a big deal. But the resur- <laughs> but the resur- I mean, the resurrection is a pretty big deal. When everybody comes back to life, it's a big deal. Okay. But, right. but I think that there's this penchant for, um, for the – uh, the, looking for the big deal, uh, looking for looking for a big showy thing to happen, and right, and it right. it seems it seems like that post his death and resurrection, we still look for this big deal, and like the the big de- the big deal behind us, um, Christ reconciling all the worlds himself is the big deal. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm almost I, I like that a lot though because what it what it what we tend to do is we tend to make events as opposed to this is, this is just the extension of, of his presence. In other words, he came and he's still here. It's just that you're going to see him come in a different, now the coming is in, 
is a reestablishing, I guess, of his presence, which has always been. I don't know. I, I really like the way you're going with this. This is good because it 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 doesn't create these monumental events that we have to prepare for. We are living in it, which is kind of a cool idea that the shepherds were in that context, that he was the reason why we want you to come see this is because nobody else is available. This is this is <laughs> happening for all people. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, I do like that idea. That is a cool idea. Well, ordinary guys on an ordinary night, you know, yeah. truly getting an extraordinary experience, unquestionably. But yeah. I, just, I don't know. I just... I think oftentimes we think about our responsibility when this is called an unexpected responsibility. When, when the shepherds have this responsibility to tell people about the baby and the angel visits and what happened. Right. It's, I think sometimes we think about the, our responsibility as followers of Jesus to get ourselves lined up with Jesus. And right. so we, right. uh, and, and an inordinate amount of time is spent in straightening, trying to straighten ourselves out. And guys like, well, you, you know, you're you're missing the you're missing this thing. I've straightened you out, okay. I've I've got I've set everything straight. When he says that he's that he's reconciled, he's straightened everything out. Now just right. just go tell people the good stuff. You know, this is good stuff to yeah. tell. And don't don't try to your your responsibility is to share the amazing story, not try to fix yourself. Oh yeah, yeah. That's a tall or figure out why you were invited. Right. It's just right. <laughs> yeah. Good if point. this was a, a Hollywood movie and a sequel, the first one might have been called A New Hope. And the second one would have been called Tough Luck, Sucker. You didn't make the cut. <laughs> and all hope is lost after the second one if you did like if you if you're not paying attention and you're not just whatever, it's over. I don't know. But I like what you're saying because it is if you look at it from the way Jeff just described and then you followed up with, it's pretty cool. Unless you look at it as, well, it's doomsday because if I miss out, I miss out. It's over. I, this isn't the beginning. The first Advent was cool. Second one can't. is the end. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. Well, yeah, uh, oh, man. I, I love to ask parents of children, you know, uh, what would your child have to do for you to never want to see him again? And parents, you know, at least decent parents shake their head and like, <laughs> you know, can't figure out what that would be, you know. Oh, good. I, I was, was going to answer and, your question. I'm glad I didn't say anything. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and we, <laughs> Woo, now that I know what the answer is. I didn't is. know it was rhetorical. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Thank, <laughs> thanks for letting me off the hook early there, Andy. But, but, it, but I mean, if we're, if we messed up human beings, fallen and sinful and oftentimes loving with very conditional love, if we don't want to think about never seeing our kids again, what is the God of the universe who defines himself as love? He says, God is love. And so if, if he's all the things we talk about in first Corinthians 13, if that's who he is, I, I, I just wish we could take some of the fear hmm. out of his return. Yeah. No, you know, this yep. is, this is a good guy wanting to get with his kids. <laughs> you 
Yeah. No, exactly. I, I hear that. That's uh, I, I like that. I just think it's it's so easy to think about it the other way that we often miss that part of it. And yeah, it was really cool for the first advent and we you know, we've known this story and you know, even as when we were kids, I was thinking about it as I was preparing for today and you know, how many times have growing up in a Christian school and um how many times did we put on the the shepherd's outfits, you know, mom finds an old bathrobe, your dad's just too long and you got it's too big and you know, you've got the towel over your head with the the someone else's belt wrapped around it. I mean, we you know we had some pretty crude costumes to be. You don't have to have much to be a shepherd because, you know, anything that looked old and not like fitting was like, yeah, that's probably what the shepherds looked like and um it was easy to costume. Right, it was it was perfect and but how cool. I used to think that the the shepherds were so cool because you're thinking to yourself, man, all these guys had to do they got to hang out around the campfire and you know, they had these this cool this cool get up going and you hung out with your friends and really all you do is keep an eye and the sheep. And then, you know, of course we grew up and our perspective changes and, you know, adult realizations <laughs> set in, mm-hmm. but they bring us a new view of God that he chose these shepherds to be the mouthpiece to this world that prophecy had been fulfilled. His best yeah. and most benevolent loving promise ever had been kept. And, and all of a sudden in the possessions of humans was God's only son, his only son, and, you know, he could have chosen anyone, royalty. He could have chose angels yeah. across the globe in, in ways we probably can't He could have fathom. just woken everybody in the whole planet up and I just said, hey, <laughs> yeah. Jesus is here. And you said he really wanted the one-on-one. And it just it, to me, it was just a, a remembering that in his kingdom, the first are going to be last and the last are going to be first. And it, it seemed like it was really the the walking the walk for our benefit as we looked at this story. And it's really powerful mm-hmm. when you stop and think of it in a world of that we live in now that's a do as I say, not as I do from leaders in every corner of the world, even in church sometimes. And when you think about it that way, it's it just packs the same power as it did that night for the for the shepherds outside of Bethlehem. It's it's pretty amazing. Yeah, God had to come to ordinary people because <laughs> there's this crazy thing that when he chooses people, the chosen nation of Israel. They they move they move from from all all that they are chosen you know that wait you chosen you've chosen us to over time believing they deserve to have been chosen. Well, yeah, and and, and so that to get them to be able to share the good news would, would be really challenging. Here's just these ordinary shepherds out doing their job, and that's who God says, "Hey, what? Let's have them announce this." <laughs> And it just seems it's almost, again, like a Hollywood story that you would never write because who would do this? <laughs> like no, but no one would even think to write this because it's ludicrous. But yet, yeah. you know, it to me, again, I I, I love what you were saying before, because it, it just reminds us that God from the beginning has wanted to do this one on one that you talked about with each of us. He did it in spite of the lies of Adam and Eve in the garden, despite the 40 years, like you mentioned, the wilderness Israelites who over time just, you know, spent more time pushing him away and thinking they had it all together than actually desiring him as their only God. And even the disciples, you know, he shared everything with them every day and ultimate, like one-on-one with, with them every single day. And then, you know, he was teaching, living, loving at the end of the day, what's he end up with someone denying, knowing him, even betraying him. And, you know, God's record of loving us through all that 
and can see he's just consistently trying to bring us back to him into that one on one. And that should be to me at the end of the end of the message. That was what I took away was through everything and through all these nasty things that we have recorded in history, in the Bible, things that we've done to him that we know about that we don't want to tell anybody, <laughs> you know, at the end of the day, it's really proof that through anything we do, he keeps his word and he really does want us to, to be back together again forever. And that's, man, if there's a one thing we could remember, that would be a good one moving forward. Take away yeah, that fear like you mentioned. Be. Well, th- this week, one of our holy, whole life, whole leaf, do we have whole leaves? I think so. Probably somewhere. <laughs> one of our whole life takeaways asked, what makes it hard to believe that this is good news for all people? And I thought, after I've just convinced myself, I've gone through this and I've learned a few things. And then I was like, that one just kind of smacked me right in the face. What makes it hard to believe that this is good news for all people? And again, I think it's just that, you know, it's been over 2000 years and it seems like Jesus is no sooner to the second advent than when he left. So every generation, you know, I've, geez, I'm almost 50, you know, we've heard sermons, there's been revivals, there's been a convincing that all are living at the end of times, no matter when you were born, you know, Matthew 24, 6, and Jesus' own words are proof, you know, that that's, this is how we know you will hear of wars and threats of wars, but don't panic. Yes, these things must take place, but at the end, won't follow immediately. And it's like, well, thanks for nothing. What does exactly immediately mean? And then you think about God's timing and, well, who knows what it means? So it's just, I think it's so hard to to make us really believe. It's like, man, it feels good to be in Christmas. It, it feels good to be with family and friends and give gifts. And, you know, my house has been smelling like holiday cookies. My girls are making cookies for the neighbors and <laughs> it's, you know, it smells good here. I mean, it, it feels good. The tree looks good. We went and cut a tree. So it smells like Christmas in here. But at the end of the day, there's still that fear that you talked about earlier, Andy, that we just don't feel like, man, my grandparents told me the same thing. My parents told me the same thing. My pan- my grandparents are gone. My parents are getting old. I'm getting old. And it still <laughs> seems like the same things that we've said as to why we should be prepared. It's going to be soon. And, you know, all these things. And it just nothing ever seems to move. And I think that's why it's hard to believe that it's good news for all people, because I think it, it just puts enough doubt in our minds that there's anything that if all these people preaching for 2000 years hasn't expedited anything or caused anything to change, what's Randy going to do about it 2000 years mm-hmm. later? Yeah. That's yeah. a, it's a hard mindset to get out of. Well, you know, I, I, I do think, I do think that there is a, there is a simplicity in this and that's, and, and that's the part that, that sometimes we overlook, you know, we think about, you know, we, we've gotten in so many different discussions with other people who we try to match wits with, but then you sit (laughs) down with a little child, right? You sit down with a little child and all of a sudden in a matter of a minute or so, they've literally taken you down to your knees and you go, wow, I just got taken down by a fifth grader, (laughs) you know, because of a simple side of them of their simple understanding of, you know, what really is at stake when you discuss something, because the, the love of God is, is simple and yet still profound that even a, a little child can understand. And we've talked about that before, but I think that's what this is, is that, you know, these people heard it from the shepherds and then they walked home and they said, nah, 
But then little things <laughs> probably prick their minds every step of the way until maybe, maybe 30 years later, maybe 30 years later, all of a sudden that simple, profound understanding that they heard from the shepherds long ago started to make sense to them. You know, that's the kind of cool stuff that goes on, I think, in God's mind. Hmm. I like that. So what about you? Is it hard to believe that this is good news for all people? I'd love to hear your take on this, especially during Christmas and around this subject, because I've heard so many people, and I mean my, myself, I was a bah humbug person for a long, long time, and not not necessarily against God, but just in the, you know, the Christmas, <laughs> all the commercialization, all that. And so I know that it makes it, when you're in that mindset, it's hard to take the rest of it and put it in some kind of positive light. It seems to just kind of cast a shadow on everything. So I'd be interested to hear how you come at this good news for all people. Obviously, we know it's good news. But if there's a way that you've been able to kind of put this all into perspective, if you send a voicemail, you heard Doug here. And thank you, Doug, again, one more time. Uh, we'll play your voicemail, your comment. <laughs> we'll read your comments. Just send them to 407-965-1607, voicemail or text. You can always email it to podcast at wholelife.church. I did get an email through randy at hospitalchurch.org the other day and said, I keep trying to send you an email at the podcast at wholelifechurch.org. And I'm like, no, it's wholelife.church, no.org, podcast at wholelife.church. So if you need to send an email, it's that, not the .org, and we would love to share those. All right, our final thoughts are from Andy's message this past week. He said, it is all part of walking by faith with God and expecting the unexpected. When Jesus is wrapping up his time walking this earth, he again did the unexpected. He said to his followers, here's the plan. As I have loved you, go love. Love people into a lifelong friendship with God. Baptize them as my followers. Teach them to love. And I'm with you to the end of the age. My spirit will live within you. I have reconciled you to my Father. We are one family. You have been adopted. And all that I have is yours. So maybe that's it. Maybe that's just that little bit right there. Maybe that's that bathroom thing on your, you know, the little bathroom, a uh, little clear tape and put that on your mirror or you know, somewhere in your car or put it in your briefcase or tape it to your, you know, your monitor at work. Those, that's a pretty Adoptions. good, yeah, those are some pretty good words to just be reminded of on a regular basis and just realize that, you know, from the beginning, from Adam and Eve on, he's never missed a promise yet. Yeah, adoption's a, adoption's a great model because adoption is a decision not by the one who's getting adopted. Mm, that's and true. our, our, our first birth was a decision that was not ours. And just wondering if our second birth might be a decision that is beyond us. Ooh. Are we going to expound on ponder. that? Not tonight. Not tonight. <laughs> ponder that one. Ponder that one. Ponder this, that one. This, this coming week, we got Greg Creek preaching. Um, That's true. An Unexpected Life. Uh, he'll wrap the series up. and um, Christmas Eve Candlelight I, Communion. And that's on that's that's on Christmas Eve, and we'll be talking about the wise men uh, briefly. Five thirty so, p.m. Yeah. live and online. So you know, come with your mask, yep. plan to social distance, bring your hand sanitizer, all that good stuff, and if, see you if at you church. You want to participate in foot washing live? You can come at five o'clock. Oh, That'll five o'clock, five and five thirty. Yeah. Okay, and okay. Five thirty to the actual program will begin. And yeah. if you're still homebound or you just can't make it, or it's going to be watch the it. way you do it, you can watch it online. Um, there was one other question I had. Oh, I was just going to say, if you ponder on what Andy just said 
about the adoption, second coming, and you would like to send something, please voicemail or text 407-965-1607, podcast at wholelife.church. And, I, you know, I would love to do an entire follow-up episode just on that topic. So if you have them, let them fly. If you know someone that has one, send them the episode, share it, and just say, do you know who would love to hear your opinion? Randy, Andy, and Jeff. They would love it. And so all the information is here for them to send it. So candlelight Christmas Eve communion. And I'll just say this. I do it every year. Don't miss it. If you can come put on two masks, I don't know what you'd have to do. But really in person, it is absolutely hands down my family's and mine. It's our favorite program of the entire year. I could skip all 51 other church weeks and not miss this one, and I'd still feel pretty good about the year. And I'm not suggesting that. I'm just saying it's it's really it really is that much fun. And and you know you're with other people, and there's a time to communicate with each other and praises and different things that happen. It just it's a unique service that you really really shouldn't miss. And then of course next week with Greg Creek. So. All right, next Tuesday, it's Speaking of Grace. As always, next Wednesday, we'll be back, hopefully, with more input from you and maybe on this whole adoption, second coming thing. I, and I'm really curious about this. we gotta make, we got to make this happen somehow because you, you just left a cliffhanger. You just you threw it out there, and I feel like it's on, the, it's on the fishing rod, and it's pulling across two lanes of traffic, and I feel like Frogger here. Like, should I go forward, well, or am I going to get a splat? January, our stewardship series, is a little different. It's it's, uh, it's stewarding the gospel. So maybe we'll bump into it there. Maybe we'll bump into it. All right. Well, let's get let's get a head start on this because now I, I don't know. I'm probably not going to sleep tonight because my mind is going really, really fast <laughs> at this. Thanks, Andy. Uh, but that's going to do it for this week. And so I'm just going to say now, Merry Christmas, because we won't talk to you until after Christmas next week. So have a great Christmas. And I hope that you find everything that you were hoping for under the tree in your hearts and from above and join us next week here on Wednesday for episode 239. We look forward to seeing you have a great week and a wonderful Christmas.